my feet in every morning because I'm uh, enjoying every moment of television. What is up, Pat? Trends with friends. Try not, I get to, try not to destroy the Mediterranean for me. I really like it there. I'll tell you what, man. Based on all the shawarma and falafel that gets eaten in this town, if they're dumping what happens in that Mediterranean, we're, it's not going to last long. JC, I had... Are you just crushing your diet now that you're done? You're done with those big hills. Are you just destroying yourself? Are you like, like, like uh, 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 falafels every night? Falaf- are, you, are you? Are you? Are you? Re- I was going to ask are those your man boobs. Are those Perlman program? Falafels are not Perlman program. JC, no. I had I had wagyu shawarma yesterday. Have you ever fucking had that? What is shawarma? Shawarma's like if you put heaven inside of meat in 70 virgin sheep or whatever they use, lamb or whatever the hell they get. Can you explain to the Gentiles in English what this is, shawarma? Shawarma's just, I don't know, it's the way they cook it on like a rod. Who cares? It's just good. Yeah, it's kind of like gyro. Can someone explain to me what this is? Euro. Like gyro. Euro. Oh, yeah, it's like gyro. Except fresh and curated by the dirty hands of street people. In uh, A wagyu with with dirty hands street people? Is it gyro or gyro? I think it's gyro. It's gyro. Is it gyro? Is it gyro? Is it? Yeah. Is it though? It's it's gyro. I went to a Greek place one time and my wife wanted falafel. And the guy just like scowled at us. He's like, "That's not Greek food. Get out of here." No. Yeah, get out of here. Fuck out order here, some man. fish. Like, order some fish. You know, some bronzino, pulpo. If there's one person I want to bring here, it's it's JC. He would appreciate the street food here. It's a combination of seeing Zohan on the beach, like thousands of Zohans. You know, that's Tel Aviv. It's just truly is like Zohan, the movie and incredible food so it's just this hilarity of like of zest for life uh combined with the stress of big city living in tel aviv combined with um i don't know it's, it's i fantastic. just like that the downtown and the beach right are all together downtown and the beach that's pretty cool huh it's just and the high rises and the warm water and there's like a you know a five mile uh i just you can walk forever along these beach paths and but there's a million ways to die crossing the street too there's every direction is fucking wheels and people and uh and scantily dressed people anyways i was gonna say it's a party too right it's like it's good business good eats but it's a party also no yeah i mean it's it's heaven the place is amazing uh it's it's uh, not hard to get to, and if you're in Europe, it's bananas that you don't come in. Now, Israelis, especially during the holidays, they go to Thailand, uh, they go to Singapore, uh, but if, you're, if you've never been here, get to Tel Aviv. All right, let's, uh, we're here to talk about trends with friends. There is a lot going on. Uh, JC, you probably got charts skewed up. I got a bunch of stuff to talk about, uh, so why don't you start it? Well, um, I think that we could just, in, in three simple charts, uh, not to oversimplify things, but kind of like let's talk about what the market is doing and what's working and what's not. You want to throw up that first chart there, Riles. You're looking at the S&P 500 still stuck in this range. And, you know, I hate to kind of use the S&P as a crutch and kind of keep leaning on this, but there's really no chart that tells a better story. We're really just stuck in a range. You know, you had a heck of a of a three quarters in a row, just monster rally, one of the greatest rallies in the history of the stock market. And now the S&P 500 is digesting those gains. You're getting sector rotation underneath the surface. And then why don't you look at the performance chart next? And this performance chart I think is great because it really explains what each sector has done since the market peaked, which was over two months ago. We are now approaching 10 weeks of a market correction here since the new 52-week highs list peaked on July the 12th on the New York Stock Exchange, peaked the very next day on the NASDAQ. And since then, energy has really been the dominant sector. 
You can see everything else is pretty much down. Surprising relative strength in financials. Healthcare, I'm not really that surprised about. But financials in the black during this market correction. How about that for some interesting relative strength underneath the surface? And then, of course, energy. You know, we could talk about oil and gas all day. But if there's something that we've been talking about a ton uh, at All Star Charts is, while oil and gas stocks are doing great, these offshore drillers, the oil services, fantastic, of course. But also the coal stocks are making new highs. They're absolutely ripping. They continue to do well. And also uranium. These uranium stocks are back. All of these things are absolutely ripping. Uh, we like one in particular here. Uh, this is Next Gen Energy out of Canada. Eh? And uh, Next Gen Energy here, just to kind of give some perspective, this is a $3 billion uh, uranium stock out of Vancouver. And uh, you can get the calls real cheap. Volatility is, is non-existent in the energy space, even in uranium. You know, kind of pick your poison. Um, you know, we had the debate internally as to what we like. You could buy the, the eight calls for 40 cents, which we, we really like. But man, you can get the sevens for 65 cents. That ain't bad. So I, I like both of these, you know, but with volatility so cheap. I mean, I was thinking maybe a bull call spread because it's come a long way. But you're not getting paid to sell out-of-the-money calls. So why bother? So if you're just buying calls, you have unlimited upside. You know, the next target here is about eight and a half. You know, so on the intrinsic value of these seven calls, you're looking at a triple uh, from, from current levels. That's not bad. I'd take half off the table there, but you got five months till expiration, so it's an interesting one. And very well-defined risk. You're a limited partner. The most you could lose is, is what you pay for the calls. I really like that. So you, you like to say limited partner when, when you're buying calls because you know the downside? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's a new one. That's a new one. I like it. I, I shared a chart earlier around uranium of how the U.S. and the world has just stopped digging for it. I don't know, Riley, if you if you have that on cue. But yeah, I mean, it's been a fucking, there is a setup for a perfect storm. And then, JC, someone on your team has shared that commodity super cycle trend chart. So, oh, the yeah, you want to see that? Well, we're on trend, right? Like, people are still chasing tech. And uh, I'm not saying there's any, there is certain tech that it looks good, and we'll get into it. Cyber looks phenomenal, and I'll explain why, because it's Israel's, I've been with cyber people all day. Um, but, you know, outside of cyber and uh, a few big cap tech stocks, uh, this commodity super cycle is real. And people Put it up there, that first chart there, Riley. But yeah, I mean, we're now in year four of a commodity super cycle, one can argue. And this chart really tells that story. How do you feel about this one, Pearls? As somebody who So here, I got a question for you. So here's Dude, my question for Riley. you. So you guys know me already. I'm, I'm stupid, right? I'm stupid, stupid simplicity. I just want to own, you know, th three or four, maybe f now I have maybe five ETFs in my whole universe. That's all I need, right? I own a very broad market. Uh, I ride it. Sometimes I come in and, and buy a little extra when the market's getting crushed. But for the most part, I just hold steady. So here's my question for you. Stupid simplicity. How do I participate in this now? Can I sell a small portion of my broad, you know, of my, you know, S&P 500 and, and total market uh, Vanguard and take a slug and buy one or two low fee ETFs, what would I buy to leverage the commodity super cycle for the next 10 years or eight years or five years? Listen, it's a great question. And here's, here's, the, here's the best part of all of this is that it doesn't exist, right? And by the time it does exist, it's gonna be way too late, right? So DBC, Right, so DBC, this is the Invesco Commodity Index Tracking Fund, but there's only two billion in assets, trades less than half a million shares a day. So just to show you how small and relevant, nothing, $2 billion and zero, might as well be the same thing. So just investors don't have exposure to this space. Not only do they not have exposure, 
there aren't even vehicles in which to get exposure. Like if you want to talk about the state of the commodities market and where we are from a sentiment perspective, investors do not own it. They do not own uh, uh, commodities at all. Nobody owns sugar. Nobody owns live cattle and feeder cattle. Nobody owns orange juice. All these things are making all-time highs, by the way. You know, you can buy, you know, kind of poorly, you know, bad uh, oil ETFs. You can buy, you know, even worse copper ETFs, uh, gold. Like, you could do that, but... You know, uh, the fact is that there's no S&P 500 for commodities. There's no SPY or Qs. When there is, and when they're all coming out, that's when we feed the ducks and be like, all right, you can have it. And you'll know. We'll be talking about it here. Is XLE going to be somewhat correlated with a type of thing I'm looking for? Yeah, for sure. And, and it's been winning. By the way, if you go back and run the returns, what was the day that ExxonMobil got kicked out of the Dow? You remember that day? ExxonMobil, August of 2020. August of 2020 is the day that ExxonMobil got kicked out of the Dow. You want to run a fun little exercise? If you go back to August of 2020 and you anchor to that, you want to see the sector returns? You guys are going to laugh. It's the most hilarious thing ever. Here, it's at the top of the deck. Riley, throw that up. Here you go, Pearl Dog. Here you go. This is from the day that the geniuses at Dow Jones decided to kick ExxonMobil out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Here are your sector returns. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, could joke. you play, joke. could so you trade CME? Is, could that be a potential play for the commodities? It's, it's less about the commodities and more about uh, just those exchanges and stuff are doing great. Look at CBOE, right? CME, uh, IBKR. I mean, it's it's more of the capital market stocks within financials are doing very well. More that than it is. But yeah, would right. would CME have a positive correlation to the commodities index? No, I think it's more positively correlated with capital market stocks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who who let the dogs out? Uh, the other thing, the other chart that we should, you know, uh, so JC's right, right? The the trend is your friend there in the commodities. I don't. I unfortunately don't have the patience or time to, you know, I own a little XLE, but, you know, DBC, I think JC's right, $2 billion, I mean, oh my God, people are... It's nothing. It's nothing. I don't know the average investor really should tinker around. It's just something that they should be prepared that there's going to continue to be outperformance. We've had, we've had commodity super cycles in the past. We're going to have them again. We're, in my opinion, we're in the midst of one. Investors can close their eyes and pretend it's not happening and hope it goes away. I mean, that's what do they call that, Pearl Dog? What, the um, like when you close your eyes. Denial. The denial phase or whatever. The denial. The denial phase. Yeah, it's the longest river in the world. Denial. Hang on. So, so the question then becomes, JC, we don't have an answer for people that you're saying. There's no real simple answer. No, I think the X, I, for me the XLE the is what I'm looking at. But that's part of the bullish catalyst. That's no, I know, but the bull thesis. It doesn't. They don't even exist. Ways to buy it. Like hello, <laughs> it's bananas. And meanwhile, they're inventing ways to buy Bitcoin. And Mark Cuban just what got hacked a million dollars. So, so. Uh, but for him, that and zero is also the same. So that's not a big deal. No, but it's it's bad marketing. I mean, it just. Yes, of course. That's not the point of it. The point is, it's just another hammer in the, you know, people are chasing a commodity, a digital commodity. It goes to your point. People are clamoring for a digital commodity in ways that they're not even protected. And you can go by DBC or you can go by XLE or I guess you can uh, buy some uranium stocks and some coal hack your together right. some it's, it's kind of build your own build your own etf basically sort of situation do some basic work have your money protected at schwab or td ameritrade and get tr exposure to the commodities that no one has exposure to that's all i'm saying people aren't doing the hard work they're doing you know i don't know they're listening to the wrong things the market is like we said been talking about commodities uh, hey, JC, are there countries that you love based on this? Like, you know, I know Brazil is a commodity-rich uh, nation and so forth. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, Latin America, we've definitely seen some strength out of Latin America. For I know, sure. but then you're Brazil dealing with dollar, but then you're dealing with currency risks, and it's just like the average investor, I think we they got to do their work. I don't know, like the trend is there, but there's other trends going on. Was there any other like key charts, Jason? I want to talk about some things that I saw. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some ancillary names within the the the, the commodity space, like in terms of stocks, like if you want to put punch up um, punch up the ATI, this is a metal uh, manufacturing company. ATI, take a look at that. Do you have that there, Riley? Here, let me just sit there. It is punch up that ATI. That's interesting. So this is a this is a metals fab. So you, you know, there's stocks that can take advantage of this, and this is a five and a half billion dollar company. It's technically an industrial out of Dallas. You know, continuing to make new highs. There's going to be a lot of companies that are going to come out on top that are going to be big winners because of, of what's happening. So, you know, in a case, something like this, if we're above 46, I think it's got another leg higher into the 70s. You know, below 46, it probably needs some more time, which is fine. It's come a long way. But this is just one example. Uh, why don't you pull up the, uh, the UFP Industries, UFPI. Take a look at that. So UFP. PI, this one is a $6 billion company. So this is lumber and wood. Right? If you want a good measure of your testosterone, right, Pearl Dog? Uh, UFPI right here. And again, you know, if we're above 96, I think it's got legs towards 150. Below 96, wow. probably needs time. So you have defined uh, risk there. Well, always. Whether you're a limited partner like a call option or you have defined levels like in the case of UFPI or in the case of ATI. These are just a couple of examples of companies that are not being talked about. Nobody cares. Nobody discusses it. I, am, I would venture to say that nobody on this call has ever even heard of these companies. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, opportunities, right? This one, this one out of Grand Rapids, UFPI, one of these Michigan companies. I got a buddy who works for them. It's the only way I know. Oh, do you? Nice. Mm -hmm. There you go. So think, I, I think that's just as investors, we need to think about that, right? Natural resources as part of a portfolio. There's a lot of investors that came into the market over the last dozen years or so who've never seen commodities outperforming. Commodities to the point where commodities have underperformed for so long, investors forgot it's an asset class, right? They forgot completely. It's three asset classes, not two. Someone needs to unmute Lindzen. Beautiful. Keep them on mute. <laughs> Keep them on mute. So what I was going to say for a couple things of trends that I was going to throw in here. So we're investors in a couple companies that are, are, are about to launch around direct indexing. And you're an ETF guy, and I don't blame you because that's the best that we've had so far. But ETFs are, 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 are better than mutual funds. But in the next 10 years, you're going to hear a lot more about direct indexing, which is taking people that have been beaten over the head that they should be passively invested, but it'll go one step further, which is just a small twist. It goes to some things that we've talked about over the years around unpicking. But direct indexing is, is a more tax-efficient way for people to do ETFs. It hasn't been made easy, but in the next year, you're going to see a lot of easy, you know, Fidelity offers it. Uh, everybody offers it, but no one offers it in a really uh, transparent and easy way. So that's going to be a new trend that emerges that allows guys that are passive freaks and disciples and believers and really good strategy to actually improve the tax efficiency, which is um, allows people to not be over allocated to one position of their life. You know, if you work at Google and you want to index, you know, do you need more Google? type thing. So direct indexing is going to be something, Phil, that will allow you to maybe overweight energy amongst uh, even just an S&P portfolio. So so the good news is technology is going to solve some of these problems. Uh, but what JC is preaching and is talking about is these imbalances uh, are going to go on when there's no supply. And we've been between ESG and between you know government regulation and lobbyists, we've basically nuked our, and no pun intended, nuked our supply of the things that we're going to need the most of, right? We have this abundance of tech and this 
underabundance of uh, supply of commodities. We just don't have enough sugar, right, Pearl Dog? We don't have enough sugar. Sugar keeps making new highs. By the way, Russia, Ukraine, we don't have any wheat. Like, you know, so I'm saying it's just commodities have a tendency to do these wacky things. But overall, there's this commodity, like the trend lines you said show are really fascinating. Right, I want to talk a little bit about um, a couple trends that I see. And, and Riley, you can pull up some charts as we go along. And then JC, you can chime in on them. Um, you know, the world, you know, I'm in Israel and it's a cyber security, whether you understand this or not, you know, um, Israel is, is especially Tel Aviv, is the center of a lot of tech trends. So luckily when I come here two or three times a year, I can sit in the lobby of a hotel and it's kind of self-selects, right? At this one hotel, it's all the VCs come through here, whether I plan to meet them or not. I can stand in the lobby and run into people I know in the middle of Tel Aviv, just a hotel. And then Serona, which is maybe the biggest, other than Silicon Valley, the most condensed you know, uh, tech in the world. It's just a neighborhood full of food and, and geeks. Um, uh, is a 20-minute walk from the beach here. And so you listen to a few podcasts, you can go back and forth all day, grab some street food, and really everybody's talking tech, but, you know, they're... Uh, and so the big news here in Tel Aviv, while everybody was looking over here, uh, I think the really big news is, and we've been talking it's not like the media has missed this completely, is AI, right? And AI is, a, is, is, while there may not be businesses yet, the biggest benefactor from the people I'm talking here in AI explosion is cyber. So what AI creates is all these new vulnerabilities, right? Whether it's OpenAI or Google Bard uh, or all these small AI companies experimenting with open LLMs, et cetera, it's just another form to get hacked. And in the last few days, there's been two huge acquisitions of Israeli private tech com uh, cyber companies. Uh, uh, Palo Alto Networks bought somebody and CrowdStrike brought somebody in the four to six hundred uh, million dollar range. And you can see these, these stocks are actually breaking out. And a lot of this historically comes from new technologies. And with new technology comes apps. And we saw this with mobile and with new apps come cyber attacks and because there's millions of new uh, developers building stuff and vulnerabilities and who likes taking advantage of that are hackers. So if you look at um, CYBRJC, you'll see an incredible looking chart. If you look at PANW, and these are again, these are companies that people really don't know and they're not commodity stocks, but it's like people don't follow these tech stocks. And yeah. so you see this new phenomenon which is they're performing better than their software brethren. And AI, the biggest benefactor of AI may just be cyber. And so the stocks are kind of speaking. They've kind of been going sideways uh, for the last couple of years while tech was down, you know, the, where the non-fang software stocks are down 50 to 70%. And these things are hanging out and starting to do acquisitions. Checkpoint is another one, Howard. So big and old, I don't know. Yeah, Checkpoint's been basing for like 20 years, it seems like, CHKP. Yeah, look, it looks, it looks really good. Here, I'm going to throw it up at the first slide there. Take a look at the Checkpoint. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that to your attention, JC. Fundamentally, oh, there yeah, now is totally. an impetus, meaning macro, there's an impetus, and technically they look pretty good. So the catalyst... Checkpoint, checkpoint is $16 billion, bro. What's the problem with that, right? Tel Aviv-based. So if you don't have enough Israeli cyber... They're not, they're Tel Aviv based. I was eating, a, I swear to God, I was eating uh, with the uh, Ronan Asia, my friend today, at like a, a diner, like not diner, it was unbelievable uh, kebab, shawarma, falafel. And it's an old town, it's a 50 year old restaurant. And the CEO of Palo Alto Networks is sitting right next to him. I wouldn't recognize him, but, but Ronan recognized him. Meaning you could throw a fucking rock in Tel Aviv and obviously hurt somebody, but you throw a rock here and you'll hit a CEO of a fucking publicly traded cybersecurity company. It's really fascinating. And and again, just like you talked about coal, no one knows these ticker symbols, right? Except very in the in the no tech people. And so they are silently Or pe or people who hang out on the new fifty two week highs list, Lindsay. 
Let yeah, no, no, no doubt, and I do, and that's why they, I've been following. But they have not pulled back as much as the other ones. There's an ETF called Hack. There's an ETF called yeah, Hack, uh, by the way. So, so that's you know, Which doesn't look as good as it doesn't look as good as some of these other ones, by the way. No, uh, I, because it's being it's being dragged down by some of the others because it's got a lot of exposure. Tell you right now, it's got a lot of exposure to Splunk and Zscaler. Splunk. Who doesn't like saying Splunk, by the way? Splunk is such a junky stock twit stock. Like when I think of junky stock twit stocks over the years, Splunk is right in there. <laughs> Am I right there, Pearl Dog? Pearl Dog. All right, here's here's You a, are correct. Here's another way. You are correct. Wait, I just want to say one thing. By the way, just hanging out with you guys. It's like the idea generation going on here. I mean, we're goofing around all the time. We can't get our freaking uh, technology together half the time. Uh, but the idea generation that's going on here, and I see it week after week. If you're watching this, you're getting like seriously good, uh, good ideas that you can then go research yourself. Don't just buy blindly because how he's how he's throwing a, a ticker out, but then you get idea generation that you could go look at. I mean, you could go look. I mean, what I'm going to do after this program is I'm going to go look at the correlation over a long period of time of the commodity index and the XLE. And if it's close enough, I'm just going to use it as a proxy. And it's just going to be like, okay, I'm going to take 5% or 10% of my portfolio, yeah, Pearl, pop dog, it in XLE, and hold it until JC says sell. What's Listen, that? 35% of the CRB is energy. So if you're going to own the XLE, it's probably not going in the opposite direction. Exactly. But what I'm also saying is tailwinds, right? Like, it, I, I like JC's top-down approach, but I like applying my tail because I travel the world and I walk the streets, right? And I walk the streets, and it's not like I have an edge. But, but I do, fuck, if I get hit over the head with a trend, I want to know it. Like, he's, a man of the, he's a man of the people, Lindsay, with his Wagyu. You know, man of the people. Listen. No, you've been doing this for a long time. You act like you're an idiot. Howie, you act like you're an idiot, but you've been doing this for a long time. And it's really been a very similar process is that you look for strength and you look for strength in, in places where people aren't, where not everybody's screaming about it. I've seen you do it. For, I've seen you do it forever, man. You've been doing this for a, for a very long time. So don't undersell that component of what you do. I'm not, I don't want to yell out stock picks, but what I'm saying is cyber is is speaking, and 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 who benefits the most from crypto hacks? Like in the end, cyber, right? Crypto become all about money, so it's just not interesting to me, right? You know, I just don't care. And and by the way, the two biggest platforms continue to work in crypto, right? Like the two biggest Ethereum and Bitcoin continue to work. I mean, they may not be working at the moment, but they've worked as a trend. The the so those still have massive tailwinds. Okay, the second tailwind that we were talking about is the commodity over S and P. People need to go do the work. The third tailwind is AI. Now the the easiest way to play AI is Nvidia. Why? Okay, I know it's dumb, but it's also very smart. Who are Nvidia's customers? Their customers are the government and Fang. Those are pretty fucking good customers. Now, in 1999, when the internet bubble happened, Cisco was selling to fuck. Their customers turned out not having any money, right? Like if the internet was just getting started, and when the rug, when the when the when the uh, tide went out, 90% of their customers couldn't pay their bills. Not that was a bubble. This time around, AI, everybody wants to call it a bubble. Guess why they want to call it a bubble? Because VCs have a habit of fucking yelling, this is the fucking next great thing. And, and they've been wrong for a little while. And along comes AI, and along comes a company that's really well run like NVIDIA. It's expensive. Everybody wants to call it a bubble. But man, this company is got incredible customers, right? Apple's not going out of business. Google's not going out of business. Uh, the government's not going out of business. So their customers can't get enough of this product. So AI is here. And, and talking to some of the smartest people I know in, in Israel and uh, who aren't cybersecurity experts, but you, if you live in Tel Aviv, there's the biggest, the biggest 
sector in Israel is cyber within tech is cybersecurity because of the military because cybersecurity is very important in Israel when your enemies surround you. So to see or hear these people talk about how the cycles work in cybersecurity and how AI is connected to to cyber is fascinating. And then you put the fundamentals together with the technicals that, and then you see the 52 highway the, you know, and all the negativity out there in general. There is a cocktail so that certain tech sectors are going to potentially boom. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the opposite of cyber guys, fintech. Holy fucking shit. If you want to look at what downtrends look like and what oversupply look like, go look at the fucking fintech charts from Square to Adyen to Stripe, which can't get public. Like Stripe was supposed to be the one. And guess what went public this week? Instacart and fucking uh, whatever, Ramadan or... Uh, Clavio. No, well, Clavio's a real company, but the other one went public. Ramadan? Arm. 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 Yeah, Arm. Armadon. <laughs> You're going to... You get canceled for that shit right there, bro. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, um, it's what's really interesting is is the fact that um, fintech is so fucking weak and can't catch a bid. What about what about industri- what about industrials as the as one of the unsung heroes and beneficiaries of artificial intelligence? And look at the look at the first ET look at the first chart I put up there. Um, Riley, GE Riley. is on fire, uh, JC. Hold on, hold on. GE is the master industrial, and that stock's been a fucking beast. This is this is a really interesting play. Um, you know, that's that's the whispers that I'm hearing. The biggest uh, beneficiary of artificial intelligence is going to be these big machinery and industrial companies. Love that. I agree. Go pull up a chart of G. I didn't know about G's and industrial, and that fucking was a dog forever. Five-year highs. It was a dog because they tried to become a bank. They had to be a financial. They, they were chasing the shiny little thing with, you know, with all the other banks. This goes to fintech. There was a rumor today that Apple was in partnership with Goldman and they were about to launch a broker. They already are. They already have been. To launch a, a trading, Apple was going to launch a trading app. I First of all, I call bullshit on they that. They should. Why? There's no upside to, for, for being in that business. So I think that's fake news. But uh, well, how does that move the needle for Apple if they're a broker? There's nothing but headaches. So um, have, you seen the, have you seen the price charts of all these brokers? They're all killing it. Who? Morgan Stanley, uh, Interactive Brokers, CME, CME, CBOE. See, uh, the next one I was going to bring up is CBOE, which ties into where I, 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 I never followed the stock, but it noticed it on my all-time high list. These are the best, these are the best Look stocks. Look at CBOE might be the closest thing to the degenerate proxy, a public stock that's a true degenerate proxy, right? It's benefiting from this degenerate move to options. Um, the, the, it's a financial company, JC, and they make money as, as this whole economy thinks about, you know, training and investing. But I think with, with, with respect to Morgan Stanley, JC, I know it's doing well, but I don't think it's because of their brokerage business. I think it's because of the fucking wealth management business, right? The wallet. Right, but the other wealth management businesses don't look like that. I just think, oh, well. What Goldman's not really a wealth management business. It's a fucking private bank that does crazy trading. And yeah, the chart looks great, too. Oh, Goldman looks good? Goldman looks good. Look at MSCI. These stocks, look at TradeWeb. Hmm. Yeah, so it's only it's only the fintech small wallet stuff, the PayPal's, the Squares. Hamil- look at Hamilton Lane. I mean, I know that's not exactly a broker, but, you know. Interesting. Well, CBI just showed up on my on my scan, and I'm like, you got to tie. Like, there's a reason these companies are doing well, and it's tied to how people are speculating, and and there's just so much money in the system, JC, that certain fintechs, I wouldn't call them fintech, but banks are doing well. But man, I've never seen a downtrend in in such a strong market as I'm seeing in fintech. Square and Adyen are fucking. They're no bid. Look at SQ. I mean, you know how many people on stocks? You talk about, uh, sorry, you were talking about um, what crap stock? Splunk. Square is the Splunk is what I call, that's like a stock to its Splunk stock. 
uh, it's just a complete turd run by Jack who doesn't know a squat about finance and he's getting his ass handed to him. If you pull up a chart of a firm, that also is a turd. And PayPal, turd. And I think the, the difference there, JC, is if you're going to be the bank or the transaction layer of degenerate, the transaction layer, not a great business. You've got to go up wallet share to be doing well as a financial company. It's all fair. You know, if you want to make money on a degenerate play, it's not going to be through Square or Robinhood or Coinbase. It's going to be through the true companies that make money like the CBOEs. So be careful. I'm just saying, be careful. CBOE new, CBOE new all-time highs today. This thing, we've been talking about it forever. All-time fucking high. And no one knows that that's a public company, at least on stock twit side and it's so small by the way how big do you think cboe is don't look i have no idea 30 billion try pearls 30 billion uh i think 30 billion is pretty close maybe a little less say 25 half that wow hang on i was gonna look up how many followers it has on stock which is my new two thousand 2,000 followers, right? Compared to Square, I'm going to Square has 174,000 followers on oh. stock. So the, the amount... The That's am the other thing we should do. We should filter by the most followers making new 52 week lows. Yeah, so, so exactly. So, again, I hate sharing this idea because it's just mine, but I know this. I don't have a way to monetize this personally. I just know from eyeballing this, JC. It's exactly my point. Not only should you own the stocks that have the least amount of followers that have the most price relative saying you should fucking short the stocks making 52 week lows that um have the most followers like square what else is in there palaton <laughs> what else is in there you know what's interesting tesla defies all odds it has the most followers Zoom. so far yeah. I'll, I'll punch up the list tonight and I'll send it to you guys. Yeah, with by the way, most just because it has a lot of followers doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But it but it's interesting when the di when the, the dynamics are so... Divergence so, is real. Yeah, like when yeah. you can combine massive divergence like that in a unique data set with... with anyways, I'm very fascinated by that. That's a, I don't want to short anything, but I know for a fact that the CBOE having 2,000 followers versus... Uh, Exxon that probably has a hundred thousand followers. I'm going to pick CBOE over Exxon possibly, even though they're both good. I, I want to own them both, but you know, uh, and, and the thing is, isn't options volume just going up and up and up and to the right endlessly yes. too? Yes. Phil, they're about to relate. You, you know, the amount of training going on in QQQ and SPY daily expiry options. Right. This is like a brand new right. phenomenon. Right. It's a it's a greatest thing for junkies. You there's know, an option. Ever. There's a new it's, ETF. It's selling. It's selling OTD options. Right. <laughs> it is. It right. sells. It's it cracked, just, dude. You but just, it's, no, no. It's the opposite of crack. It's selling. It's the dealer. It's selling to the crackheads. It's it's writing options. I, I don't believe that there's a there's a perfect storm, but that they're the crack dealer they're serving the crackheads sounds too good to be true pull that chart up it sounds you know like speaking of that if it's your kind of thing stock twits now has options trading just a little just a little plug for our boys over there you can trade options on stock twits now which is freaking awesome really now i'm gonna learn i'm finally because we offer it i'm gonna start learning you just uh, talk to sean sean's the guy sean's the guy what's super interesting is that freaks will find a way so what i'm saying is in europe the governments are trying cfds have been around 100 years and we could all make fun of what cfds are uh it's how europeans uh use leverage to trade stocks right it's an old way it's like a contract where instead of buying thirty thousand dollars to buy a stock i put up one thousand dollars it's called cfds anyway the rest of the world works on this government's trying to get rid of it but they're very english like options is a complicated language. I, I, I just refuse, you know, I, 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 uh, I haven't learned that language and, and I don't like the, ter I don't like leverage. And I know options is an incredible strategy for many people. Yeah, it's actually the opposite. It has nothing to do with leverage. It's about risk management. Absolutely. But because of the way the language is structured with like time and fucking price, all these prices and it just, it's not English to me.
Meaning... Not that hard. You do way more difficult things. Climbing up the mountain in the Alps, I promise you, is more difficult than uh, option. I'm, option. I, I've always prom promised myself I'm going to learn. But the biggest benefactor of all this is going to be CBOE. Because this daily... And they have a 12 billion market cap, you're saying? <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. And, and uh, but anyways, those are a couple ideas. I don't no, know. No, it's like there, 16, 16. Is there, 16. is there anything else that we kind of miss? I know there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Is there anything else we miss? We could do this all night. How, how deep do you want to go? I mean, you want, you want to talk about Peruvian gold mining stocks? I mean, we can go there. What about the Fed? <laughs> oh, they did. What'd they do today, boys? They did nothing. nothing as usual. They don't do anything. What do they do? They talk too much is what they do. Hey, I want to talk quickly about the Orioles. I see JC's got a shirt on. Two years ago, the Orioles, the Orioles of Baltimore, and the reason I'm bringing this up, oh, Dolly 3 came out, by the way, too, from the, uh, the AI boys. You were talking about that. But I just want to talk about the Orioles really quickly from a psychological point of view because probably, you know, like two, one or two out of ten people watching this today are maybe, you know, really down uh, really feeling like maybe they maybe they lost something. Maybe they had a business that 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 you know went up in smoke, or or maybe they've gotten crushed in the market and this pullback, and they were over overextended to a long side or whatever. But I just wanted to say, you know, the Orioles two years ago were fifty five and a hundred and seven or something like that. Final record. Two years later. They're now on the brink. They have 95 wins with like 10 or 11 games left to go. They're on the brink of winning 100 games. Yes. By the way, still, while, while still paying Chris Davis uh, like another $9.5 million a year for the next five years. And even paying Chris Davis, they're among the, the, the lowest uh, uh, total payrolls in MLB. I think it's like them in, in Milwaukee or them in Oakland or something like that. Is Ripken having a good year? Ripken is the is the uh, 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 run is the owner of one of their farm clubs in uh, in Maryland in uh, in Aberdeen. Is, Ripken is the mascot. Yeah, Cal's the mascot. They're great. How's Mike Flanagan pitching they, this year? Ooh, <laughs> that's a, that is that's really bad, dude. That's really, really good. I mean, it's funny, but it's really, really bad. That's great that you knew that. So, 52 and 110. When I was a Blue Jay fan at the beginning, when I, in the fucking 70s, fucking yeah. Orioles, they had Palmer, they had fucking Flanagan, they had McGregor, they had all these lefties. And Mike Boddicker. Boddicker. Yeah. yeah, they had great pitching. It won the World Series in 83. Eddie Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at you. 52 and 110 two years ago. Now they're 95 and 56. And if they go five and six, they'll win 100 games here on out. Um, and so I just want to say, oh, here's all I want to say. So you could be in the bottom. You could be all the way down. You could be feeling like shit. You could be whatever. And you can reinvent yourself. Like we're humans. We live everywhere from, you know, the equator and, and can adapt to above the Arctic Circle and adapt there and have families and thrive and go hunting or whatever. If you're at the bottom right now, you could be 52. You could have be having 2023 could be a 52 and 110 year for you. And you could come back. 2025 could be your year. Two years from now, you could have 100 wins. Hang in there and just keep, you know, like if there's one little thing that you got. One, even just one iota of a little thing, no matter what it is. Just keep plugging away at that one thing and just spread it very slowly. Just a word of encouragement to those two out of ten people out there. One second deeper in sports because it's fascinating to me and social leverage is starting to make sports data investments with my buddy Roger Ehrenberg who's a fucking all in on sports data and Roger's a great venture capitalist. So let's talk about sports for one second because no one, I don't like billionaires. I don't like the fact that, I don't like them, but I don't, I, I'm just saying like no one likes how fucking insane Prices are going up and to the right. If there's one thing that's going up and to the right that no one can participate in, it's owning a sports team, right? And so here's what's fascinating about sports and Baltimore Orioles and Moneyball is the fact that these owners, when they spend these ungodly amounts of money and have all these ungodly amounts of money in the bank still, they're not just going to buy the team and sit around. They want to win. 
So whether it's the fucking Milwaukee Bucks or the Baltimore Orioles, these down and out franchises are going to get bought by fucking people with billions, right? Because even though the city may not be able to support the team, the fucking owner can. And so when a guy like Jeff Bezos or, or, or buys a team, they don't buy a team as a trophy. They want to fucking win championships no matter where that fucking city is. And the amount of money being poured into Moneyball, big data, analytics, and this is where AI now comes into even in sports teams. So you, you were going to say, and we've been talking about the degenerate trade. There is going to be so much money coming into sports teams and new sports leagues. And it's really fascinating. I don't know if that'll help the city like Baltimore. Obviously, winning helps the city because people show up at the games. But the fact is, look at that Mil Milwaukee Bucks owner. What's the guy's name uh, that bought it? He bought that team for $500 million, and then he just flipped it for $3.5 billion. Milwaukee Bucks. Now, granted, they won a championship, but it's not because of the city. It's because these franchises... These are trophy assets to billionaires, and they don't want to just stand by and watch that asset deteriorate anymore. These are young fucking billionaires that want to take all their winning idea, all their winning, like this young vigor of winning and apply it to teams. So sports is as, as, as weird as it is with $400 million contracts and billion dollar contracts um, is really in the early innings. It's, a, it's kind of an unintended consequence of all this money printing and all this technology, but like, dude, Sports is fascinating right now. Um, and then you have the NIL, which, you know, which is name, image, like this. Look at Dion's team. Look at Dion's son's making four million bucks. I like how you Dion's son's Dion. in Colorado. I like how you, you know he's not Canadian, right? He's not Dion. It's Dion. It's Dion. like Marcel Dion, the hockey player. Marcel Dion, there's another old name. But then, Howard, what about when it doesn't work? Because, like, our fellow speculator Stevie Cohen bought the Mets. I think they're paying like over $300 million in payroll this year, and they're 12 get, games below 500. I think he'll get wise, right? I don't think he likes losing. He's got a lot to learn about running a team and growing a team from the ground up as opposed to just buying players. He'll, I, I think he'll learn that. I really do. I think, I think he'll stay you in think it. He'll be fine it's the second he'll year, be fine. and he'll learn. Or he'll quickly sell it, Bill. But the point right. is, he'll take the loss right. and move on. But he's not going to do this and continue to lose. He just did because... take the loss and move on. He got rid of he got rid of all these guys. Yeah, exactly. No, these guys are again. They're not all going to work, but they're not going to stand around and lose, lose, lose. They're going to reinvent themselves. They're going to just like trading sheets. These guys are fucking sports industry. The amount of new sports coming out, Padel. Like these sports have been around. Pickleball, Padel, golf. These. There's so much money. Trampoline basketball. Yeah, slam, no, slam ball. ball. There's a new golf league, half indoor, half outdoor. Dude, I'm on the beach in Tel Aviv. They got like a slanted ping pong table that they're only using their feet to kick a soccer ball over. There's fucking Zohans everywhere playing volleyball. I mean, anyways, get outside, I guess. Pearl Dog, how was the, how was the, how was the, how was the fast, Pearls? Dude, why fasting you, is great. I'll talk about it. In the next two weeks, two weeks from today, uh, I'll talk about the fasting. It's incredible. It's in rejuvenating. I've been fasting for a while now, like doing these day and a half fasts, and I've been starting to pull people into it. Some of my clients and also just people on Twitter and around. And then, you know, I'm getting a ton of like DMs and emails about it. You wake up uh, after fasting for a full day. It's really 36 hours. You feel great. Go for a little workout. Come back and have some nutritious food. It's an incredible. It's so incredible for you and longevity and experientially. You feel great too. What's that? So you 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 work out at the end of the fast and then you eat. Work out at the end of the fast is uh, that workout is crazy because you're just like your your body's rested. You're rejuvenated and you're 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 uh, you're in ketosis. You're running on fat. Your body's just burning fat. You have no food in your body, so you're not like bloated or feeling anything like that. And it's just, it's just, it's an incredible, it's, it's an incredible, you, you don't, do? you do don't you go work out so hard. What's you that? Weights, lift, or what's the move? I did, I did pull-ups and push-ups pretty much and some, you know, some dumbbell presses and dips. I did a bunch of those this morning. I went for a little walk. Did some curls like for the early, girls? And then came back and had breakfast. What's that? Some cur curls for the girls? Some, cur uh, some uh, chin-ups. Do the chin-ups for my for my biceps. I'm a 
felt this is going to be the year I toned down on the riding. There's only so much riding can do, and I've gotten away with murder. So I, I believe in this fact. Matt Golden, who looks a lot like you, my shout-out to my buddy in Toronto, Matt, who's been doing these once a week. He goes Sunday to Tuesday morning, and Sunday dinner to Tuesday. He looks amazing. And he, That's what we do. Yeah. So That's a good been, one. That's a good one. He goes Sunday night dinner and then doesn't eat till Tuesday morning. And he's been doing it for a year. He's, he's like all muscle, all lean. Uh, he has other fasts too, but every week he goes Sunday to Tuesday morning. I don't think I can do it. It's not for me. But he's, I asked him, I go, how do you fucking think? He goes, I think clearer than ever. So, I'm Dude, you could do it. You could do it. We'll get you to do it. You could do it so easily. Like you could do it and you'll enjoy it after the second time, third time you do it. The first, the first time, the first couple of times is all mental. And then after that, you just feel great. Here's why I got to try it. The biking is fun, but it's stupid. Like, there's only so many mountains you can go up at my age. And I hit peak. I said it on this thing. I wanted to accomplish this Pyrenees thing. But once you've done it, like, I, like, I like biking, but I don't want to fucking go up mountains, like, for a living. Um, it, the scenery is amazing. I got to change it up. I think fasting is going to be a, weightlifting and fasting and a lot more um, body weight stuff. Uh, the, the other shadow would be to Instagram. Dude, Instagram, I, I don't know. I use it more than I've ever used it. And I'll tell you what's been good about Instagram. Sharing a few stories with like my, fan, like, with my true friends has been a really interesting experience. The amount of... Uh, joy that people seem to be getting not for, on twitter but from instagram me sharing some of these pics on a daily story it's been a new daily habit again i don't think i would do it every day but during my travels instagram works really well for for reaching uh like family and like your really close family and friends that you don't normally talk to so they and the facebook stock man that uh, fuck he's he's really turned that company around so uh hate to hate to say it but that fucking company is crushing all right boys adios guys guys. guys. listen all this futuristic stuff about all one day and this and one day great but in the market that we're actually in the market that we have to live in today you know there's money to be made selling options in both directions selling calls selling puts collecting income there's smart ways to do it. Email me. I'll put you in touch with Sean. Uh, Lindsay, talk to Sean. There, it, 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 you don't have to trade options always. There's, a, there's, a, there's an environment where options are really valuable, and this is one of them. Yeah, we got to get Sean in, and I want to talk about direct indexing. All right, boys. I'll be back in the country tomorrow.